Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins. Joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. We've got a lot to get into. The NFL Draft is in the books, so we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about the biggest surprises from the draft. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we're going to give our reaction to the draft in general. We're going to say, you know, give our way too early predictions for who are going to win, who's going to win Rookie of the Year. We're also going to talk some Colts as well. Um, you know, recap the Colts draft and uh, give our thoughts there as well as what the Colts should do the rest of the offseason. So it's going to be a lot of fun, whether you're tuning in on uh, YouTube or you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you're watching live on Twitch. Welcome in, B. Scott. It was a fun, it, honestly, like I, this is the first time, like normally I keep track of the draft and, and yes, I did have it on as background noise a lot of the time, but it was fun to keep up with, especially because there, there was for a draft, you wouldn't think of a draft as having like a lot of action, but it really did, especially on that first night with like all the trades, all the things that were going on. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good, it was, it was fast. I think it was really fast. Um, Matter of fact, it was so fast and these teams were so ready to go that the NFL apparently got angry at the Detroit Lions for having the number two pick in too soon. <laughs> like they, the number one pick was announced and there was Detroit standing there with their card ready to go. And they were like, no, no, you got to use some time. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a, it was a good draft. Um, Lots of surprises, a lot of trades, a lot of trades. There was a few picks that you didn't see coming, but those are typically from teams that pick that way. And then, man, the run on wide receivers was unreal, historical, historically unreal. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I, my favorite part is always just watching the reaction of the guys and seeing lives being changed right there. I think that's that's one of the coolest parts of the, of the entire draft. I do get a little bored with it come day three when they're not showing the reactions and they're not even going to the stage and announcing the pick. It's just it pops up on the bottom and the name flashes and then they here are the last five picks and they kind of briefly touch on them. Yeah, that day is is a little it's a little long and rough, but. Right. I was going to say, they don't even show like the highlight package. Like that's, uh, that's one sometimes of the parts. They do. That, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes but, they do. but that's one of the parts that I really love about it is when they show, you know, all the highlights of that player, um, especially like in those middle rounds, because like, if you're, you know, if, you know, I mean, any fan, but like, you know, there, I, I obviously, you know, I don't know all the names of the Colts drafted as far as like, you know, I mean, yes, I know their names because they're in the outline, but I don't like, I haven't seen them play some of those ones in the middle round. So it's nice to see those highlight packages and see like, Oh, this is the dude that's now on the Colts, or this is the dude that's now, um, you know, on the Titans who we have to worry about for the next however many years. So yeah, when you get to that, that very last day there, you know, it does kind of disappoint me when i mean yeah you do see some but not every single one which is understandable it just still is kind of a bummer yeah but hey i mean it was a strong draft overall for a lot of teams i was very happy uh for with the colts picks i was happy with uh, other picks from other teams uh some uh, guys from purdue i was there were some pleasant surprises like in the sixth round i believe it was sixth or seventh round um when you're running back xander horvath getting drafted i was surprised to see that especially from a team that's always seemed to struggle running the football not that xander didn't do a great job i mean he was a great running back while he was there right. but but it just from a from an aspect of the purdue offense that you don't see very often it was it was interesting to see him go uh to the chargers but apparently when i was looking like i was reading the coverage of purdue's like workouts and everything people were saying that that would be one player they would not be surprised to see get end up getting drafted because of the his physique i guess his work ethic um he put up really strong workout numbers at purdue's pro day so people really weren't all that surprised to see that so it was that and, and then you know three Purdue guys. I was pleasantly surprised about that. Um, 
And I think everybody, every one of the Purdue guys, at least landed in probably a better situation than if they would have been drafted any earlier. Right. In my opinion, like George Karloftis, yeah, it would have been great for him to be a uh, top 10 pick. But he's going now directly to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he's in yeah. a win now. He's in a situation where he, he, he gets to win. That's that's cool. It's the it's a pretty good chance of continuing that tradition of Purdue players in the Super Bowl. Right. And look, <laughs> he is uh, he's going into a situation where the team is needing some younger pass rushers, so they went out and they got that. So, that's that's good. It was a great situation. And then David Bell, I mean, look, the Cleveland Browns don't really have any wide receivers anymore. Besides Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah, besides Amari Cooper. But, I mean, that's like a great situation to go learn under a guy who's as prolific as Amari Cooper is. Right, and they're also talking about still bringing in – bringing back Jarvis Landry, which is another great situation for him, but the quarterback situation is filled there. A lot of times when you get these guys – that get picked in the top 10, it, the teams that they're going to are in situations that just, they don't have all the right pieces. It's going to take them a while. And the things that some guys need to succeed, like a wide receiver to have good numbers needs a strong quarterback. And well, guess what? Cleveland's got two quarterbacks that are really, are pretty good. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it here. The first round, lots of trades, as we mentioned, lots of wide receivers, as we mentioned. Uh, Georgia's defense, uh, they break the NFL record with five first-rounders. Uh, the Jaguars take defensive end Trayvon Walker at number one. Defensive end or defensive tackle Jordan Davis goes to the Eagles at number 13. The Packers grab linebacker Quay Walker at 22. Then the Pack also double down and get Devontae Watt um, at 28, uh, as the streak continues of Green Bay not taking a wide receiver in the first round, we talked about that what last week. Yeah, and I thought I mean, of, that being able to take who they took in the second round close enough. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a situation where, um, you know, even with the run on wide receivers, yeah, like you said, when when the second day opened up and I looked at who was on the board for who potentially the Colts could get a wide receiver. I was like, man, if some of these guys fall down here, it'll be, it'll be pretty good. And it ended up working out. Honestly, I'll be honest. When we traded away the pick, the second 42nd pick, I was happy to see all the picks we got in return. I was like, Oh man, I don't know if George Pickens is going to be there. And then boom at 43, the Texans take George Pickens. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on. We could have had him. And now he's a division rival. Well, even what, like 51 or whatever was like Mechie out of Alabama, who I thought was like, man, if he drops to the Colts, that'd be really cool. Cause I know he would, would have been probably a first rounder had he not gotten hurt. So, right. um, yeah, so I, I, I was definitely hoping he would still be there, but I mean, Hey, literally we got who we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we did the Colts draft preview and Alec Pierce, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Um, uh, and then Lewis, uh, seen, uh, a safety drafted by Minnesota. He was drafted at number 32 that rounds out the Georgia players, six wide receivers taken in the first round as well. Drake London to the Falcons, uh, out of USC, Ohio State's Garrett Wilson goes to the jets. His teammate, Chris Olave to the saints, um, uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama goes to the Lions. Jo- uh, Johan Dotson out of Penn State goes to the Commanders. And then Traylon Burks from Arkansas goes to the Titans. Only one quarterback. Here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact. So that run that took three consecutive wide receivers, Ohio State's Garrett Wilson, Ohio State's Chris Olave, and then Alabama's Jamison Williams. Or Jameis Williams. Yeah. Williams. Jamison Williams, yeah. 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 All three of those guys were at one point teammates at oh yeah Jim, at Ohio State. State. Yeah, yeah. Jamison Williams uh, transferred to Alabama. Actually, Jamison Williams had a really good showing against um, Clemson in, I believe it was tw- the twenty twenty playoffs. So there you go. Fun yeah, fact. that's pretty crazy. Um, Kenny Pickett is the only quarterback taken in the first round going to the Steelers. First time since 2013. 
um, that only one quarterback was taken in the first round. And of all the trades, none involved a team that did not already have a first round pick. So surprises all around based on what we were looking at last week. The Packers don't take a wide receiver in the first round. Although, like you said, you know, damn near got a first round talent in, uh, in, in the receiver they were able to get. Um, then you have only one quarterback. We were like, oh, definitely there's going to be more than that because it's going to be a run on them because of the uncertainty of who's actually going to be the best in this draft. And then you also, we thought, okay, eight teams don't pick on day one. Surely one of them is going to sneak in there. None of them do. So kind of wild um, that that's how it worked out. Other draft notes, um, our impact players, uh, Malik Willis gets drafted by the Titans in the third round. That's pretty nuts. Uh, Chris Olave, we mentioned him going to the Saints. Uh, wide receiver George Pickens goes in round two to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jermaine Johnson is drafted by the New York Jets at number 26. So I thought that was surprising that he fell that far, uh, which I mean, isn't super far, but at the same time, it's still first round, but you know, cut th- had him projected in the top 10. And then of course, uh, George Karloftis, as you mentioned, dra- uh, goes to the chiefs at 30 um, Packers draft Christian Watson in the second round out of North Dakota state. So they get their wide receiver quarterbacks, uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, second off the board, uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. That was pretty wild. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, quarterback, Matt Corrals goes to the Panthers, um, Georgia, 15 players selected, which is a record in the modern draft era. And then Iowa state quarterback, Brock Purdy selected as Mr. Irrelevant to the 49ers, which I didn't know. That's surprising. Did you I thought know? He I would have thought he would have, would have gone higher. Yeah, did you know that Mr. Irrelevant gets like a whole shebang? Like, oh yeah, yeah, he it's, goes, a, it's a huge deal. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I saw uh, a TikTok that like described like they go to Disneyland and they get they do this and they do that. I was like, man, that's pretty. That's pretty legit. I like that. And who do you go to? The Jets, the 49ers. 49ers. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, to be the the last pick. Yeah, you don't get it. You don't. You don't get the guaranteed contract or anything like that. But you get a lot of perks. It's a. It's a. It's a pretty big honor. Hey, so I mean, it kind of blows if you're not uh, first, you're last out of the water because if, if you're last, you feel like you're first in a way. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's the it's the only pick on day three that they actually go to the stage for. Right. Um. So uh, looking at our biggest surprises, um, and so we're going to do it this way. We're going to do biggest surprise in terms of where they were drafted, and we're going to also do biggest surprise in terms of how far they fell. So we're going to start with where they were drafted. I'm going to go with a guy that I mentioned that I thought the Colts could maybe nab uh, in the third round or fourth round, and that is the Giants selecting wide receiver Wandale Robinson in the second round, pick 43 um a you know nfl.com mock draft ironically had him going to the giants but not until pick 112 that's early fourth round cbs had him going to the fourth round as well i had the colts potentially taking him in the third round um he's taken uh before john mechie george pickens sky Moore, and alec pierce all projected to have bigger upside um he's 5'8 compared to brandon cooks a slower tyree kill essentially he's gonna be a wider he's gonna be in a wide receiver room with the likes of Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Brian uh, Dable, uh, the mastermind of the Bills offense is his head coach. So maybe this is a perfect fit, but definitely when I saw that name flash up on the board, cause I was thinking, okay, maybe the Colts can get him uh, with one of the picks. They ended up tr- getting in the trade or something like that later on in the third round, or maybe they can get him in the fifth, you know, maybe not fifth, but maybe they can get him at some point down the line. And, uh, and to see him go, before the Colts even made their first pick, I was pretty uh, shocked by that. Yeah, considering, I mean, he was utilized as so much as a running back throughout his time at Nebraska before heading to Kentucky. And he had a good season at Kentucky, but I I wouldn't say it was great. Um, Honestly, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I was, yeah, I was shocked that he went that high. But for me, you know, other than like the number one pick, I, I guess I was, I was a little shocked Trayvon Walker. Cause he just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be honest for the longest time. It was, is it Aiden Hutchinson or is it one of the two offensive linemen? And then, because clearly Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau were the, the cream of the, the class when it came to defensive ends and then Trayvon Walker just shot up the boards and it was like, boom, now he's number one overall. So, you know what, honestly, I, I am, I'm going to stick with that one just because he came out of nowhere in the, like the last two weeks, mm-hmm. it felt like. And typically, yeah, you see guys rise on draft boards 
and you know oh yeah they got picked in the top 15 instead of you know a fringe first rounder no this guy shot up draft boards and all of a sudden was the number one overall pick it's like huh (laughs) so that was my biggest surprise i mean obviously look last week i actually didn't i say jacksonville was going to take uh icky yeah from nc state i thought and then to see him he he fell where did he end up he ended up well he only fell to six but there was so many teams that i thought that he would have gone to prior to dropping to six i mean he well, he was the first offensive player taken. So, and what's crazy too is that Trayvon Walker was listed as an interior lineman, or at least he's listed as a D tackle. And I look at the Jaguars depth chart right now. This is courtesy of ESPN, and they have him listed as the right defensive end. So it's kind of odd. So maybe like, yeah, that's what NFL.com has him listed as a D end. Okay. So kind of wild that like, it seemed like, okay, if you're going to take a D end, you take, like you said, Thibodeau or uh, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. And so to yeah. take a guy that, I mean, like I said, at one point of you, at least he was listed as a D tackle. So, uh, so, but I mean, it also sounds like from that perspective too, that he can be literally anywhere on the line and he'll make a difference. So, I mean, maybe that's the kind of upside he has, but it's kind of wild that, um, yeah, you're right. Especially I, like two cornerstone pieces of an offensive line potential we're right there and when you have your quarter your franchise quarterback already i i would i would if i'm a gm i'm looking at bolstering my o-line at that point let's see who the jaguars took at uh, offensive line wise he got tra- okay so he is listed as defensive line i don't know what i was looking at maybe i'm thinking of jordan davis at the tackle i think i am um yeah. no they- i think you are right he was he did play some interior i feel like maybe um, but yeah, they Jacksonville did not take offensive line at all, or did mm. or they took a center? They took uh, Luke Fortner out of Kentucky, um, but not to not take a left tackle to not take a. Uh, or, they really needed a right tackle because they are keeping Cam Robinson. I got you on okay. board. But what's funny is that these the two that got picked, honestly, like so Icky and Evan, they both really kind of grayed out to be better right tackles. That was according to Mel Kuyper. And, you know, who's Mel Kuyper? (laughs) To my knowledge, never put on a jock strap, never played a down of football, and he's going to tell us who we have to take. (laughs) My neighbor's a mailman and knows more than Mel Kuyper. (laughs) That's such a good clip. I love that. (laughs) I love it so much. Only because, like, you think of that clip, it's from, like, what, the 90s? Because it was when they had Harbaugh. It's the eighties. Harbaugh. Harbaugh was the quarterback for the for the Colts, so it had to be nineties because that was ninety five. They lost to the Steelers in the. Uh, Are you sure? It was a draft. Game. It was a draft when they decided to take, um, or maybe no, because like two years later they got Peyton Manning. So I think that was and, yeah. Jim Irsay was the head guy then, not his dad. I don't, I'll look it that up. That was Robert Irsay. I'm pretty sure that was in the eighties when they took Jeff George. Maybe no, no, because they took Marshall Falk with that pick. I thought maybe I don't know. I just I know I don't. I felt felt like it was the eighties, or was it like I don't know? Was it when they drafted John Elway and John Elway said, "I'm going to go play baseball." (laughs) (laughs) They were like, "Wait, no, we'll trade you." I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but uh, uh, of course it's going to be like eight minutes. I'm going to like. On this day, 28 years ago is when this happened. So it's from oh, Twitter. On this day, 28 years ago. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was 28 years ago. So 1994, they were supposed to take, like, Trent Dilfer. Uh, you're not going to be able to hear this, but they can hear this on the on the stream. Mm-hmm outside linebacker somebody has to learn coverage in trev alberts but the pass up a trent dilfer when all you yeah. have is pass Jim up trent dilfer when all you have pass up trent dilfer when all you have second every year in the draft uh, you have harbaugh and don't draft trent dilfer who in the hell is mel kuyper in a way i mean here's a guy that criticizes everybody whoever they take He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never ever put on a jock strap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us, 
who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. Mel Kuyper has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. What do you want to cover first, our players? or? Uh, so it was that, that, they didn't take Trent Dilfer. Um, they passed on him twice in the top ten, apparently. Um, and they were, and they, uh, they had Jim Harbaugh and, and that's why, so yeah, it was, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, they should have drafted Trent Dilfer with one of those first two picks is what Mel Kuyper was saying. And then the, it's mm-hmm. uh, Bill Tobin was the director of uh, football operations. That's the guy who went off on, oh, Kuyper. but what okay. I think is wild is the fact that like, this was a day and age where, um, you know, you don't think they're going to have like multi-camera angles and they like flip back to Mel Kuyper as this guy's tearing him a new one. And that's my favorite part of that clip. Cause he's like, like just sitting there, like all dejected. <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. Listening to him just get torn apart. So wild, but yeah, I mean, um, it was, it, I was interested to see, uh, you know, cause you would think they would have to take, you know, some, some more at least get more offensive linemen than what they did jacksonville um and they end up not doing that sorry to like interrupt what you were what oh no that's exactly yeah um so we're also going to talk here about uh as far as who's the biggest surprise in terms of how far they fell and i i I don't know what you have uh b scott but i i think it's hard to yeah it's hard to ignore what uh what happened as you know it's tough to ignore what happened to uh, quarterback Malik Willis uh falling to round three to the Titans um you know not only did Willis fall but he was the third quarterback taken which is weird you know I, Desmond Ritter I mean I I will not lie um I cannot tell a lie once as the further Malik Willis fell the more I as a Colts fan I was talking myself into like not the worst thing in the world if we draft if we draft a quarterback uh you know at some point uh you know in this draft maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if we do that um you know nfl and cbs both had him going in the top 10 i know we had him uh going in the top 10 i had him as my number my first quarterback off the board he's right i thought people were going to try to start scrambling around to trade up into the top 10 with either carolina or get ahead of try to get ahead of seattle to be honest, I thought they were going to try to get ahead of Seattle to grab Malik Willis because I just thought Malik Willis was a great fit for either Seattle or for Pittsburgh. And then when Pittsburgh got on the clock and it, the quarterbacks were all still sitting there, I was like, this is it. This is Malik Willis. Kenny Pickett. I was like, honestly, one more I thought about it, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Kenny Pickett, all he has to do is just walk down the hall and he's in a new locker room. <laughs> I mean, he everybody knows him there, so it's a, it's a really cool situation for him, but um the espn guys were just like what do people know that we don't what 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 is going on like everything says he should have been taken by now everything says he should have been the first quarterback off the board what do they all know that we don't and that was the shocking thing because these guys are usually pretty much they know they they can they know a lot probably even more than some of these scouts Maybe not, but the fact that the ESPN guys were just at a complete loss, like nothing points to why he's falling all the way to the third round. And it was, it was like, I mean, we've, we've, you've seen when a quarterback drops, we've seen it, Aaron Rodgers, obviously Brady Quinn, Lamar Jackson, it happens. But for a guy to be a projected top 10, top 15 pick first quarterback off the board and fall all the way to day the third round. Yeah. That's, that's like, okay. What, what did we miss? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that the competition level that he faced as a quarterback was not as high. But I mean, we've seen like Jimmy Garoppolo out of Eastern Illinois, you know, Joe Flacco out of Delaware. So, I mean, it's, it's not Carson Wentz out of North Dakota state, but you look at those examples, those guys fit your prototypical quarterback mold. True. Yeah. They're big. They have strong arms or they, they can move what they need to move. This guy fits more of the, along the lines of Russell Wilson. Also a third rounder. Right. That's, that is true. I thought, you know, looking back, if I would have redraft, if I was the Colts, I'm taking Russell Wilson a lot higher. 
I'm taking Russell Wilson number one overall. Actually, I even talked, I said that when I was on a radio show back at Ball State, I said, I, I thought about trading back and grabbing Russell Wilson and gaining more picks. And then I also wanted them to take, I with obviously you were going to gain more first rounders, another first yeah. rounder. And I said, take uh, Justin Blackman, because obviously that was the best wide receiver in the draft. And look how he panned out. One or two seasons, right? And then he got into I some trouble. Was, I think it was one season, one full season. And yeah. Then, yep. Because was Wilson the same year as uh, Andrew Luck? Yep. So, hey, I, I selfishly, obviously, I, I'm glad the Colts took Luck, but also, like, maybe if you went to somebody else, you probably still wouldn't be in the league because they would actually put a uh, offensive, an offensive, line, line, around <laughs> offensive yeah. line around them. But, but it makes you wonder, then, would Russell Wilson still be in the league? Yeah, I don't think we would have won a Super Bowl like like Russell you, Wilson has. You wonder if maybe if that had happened, if like would Russell Wilson be playing baseball now? Because Probably. it's not. Yeah, I mean, would he have been like, okay, you know what? Screw the fact that they're not putting an offensive line around me. I'm just gonna go play baseball and make a career out of that. Be a second baseman for the Yankees or the Rangers or whoever has the whoever has his contract. Rangers, now. The Rangers, the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but now it's too late to do that. And. Right. Yeah, back then, why not? Because he went to Seattle and they they put an offensive line around him, and a defense, and a running game. Right. They did it. They did him right. They 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 did. Um. And yeah. So I mean, the fact that there was only one quarterback taken in the first round, and the fact that he was taken in the third and was the third quarterback selected, um, like that's what combines to make it like we can't talk about anything else but that. As far as like what our biggest surprise as far as a guy falling, because it's not like, Oh, this guy was a top 10 guy and fell to 25, but it's like, he fell to whatever, 80, whatever, 84. I mean, um, I guess the only other one I could say was George Karloftis following, falling the 30th. Yeah. But when you look at what happened, why it happened, it was such a run on wide receivers. Like people panicked that needed wide receivers. And also people were like, this year, they finally said, guess what? We're not paying this market value that was set ridiculously high by two guys that are going to teams that aren't going to be able to do anything with them. So rather than pay you this big exorbitant contract, guess what? We're going to trade you, and we're, there's plenty of guys that are going to be a replacement. I mean, the perfect example of that being the Tennessee Titans and uh, Traylon Burks. I mean, they, they traded uh, A.J. Brown. And they basically found his carbon copy. I mean, obviously, you can't, you don't know if he's going to be able to perform the same way as AJ Brown or, you know, be as successful. But the NFL comparison of Traylon Burks was AJ Brown. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. so they, they, they did exactly what they wanted. And obviously, if you look at some like video from inside the Titans uh, war room, you can tell Mike Vrabel was not happy. Obviously, you're not going to be happy when you trade away one of the best players in the league. You know, you really want to keep them around. You know, now you got to start fresh with a rookie. So, well, and but, that's the unknown. I mean, the fact that they, I mean, they went out and got Julio, which that wasn't a deal that didn't really pan out for them as far as what they were hoping for because of injuries. So, like, now you're just looking at a couple of unknowns, you know, you're, exactly. or some more unknowns when you had a, okay, fine, the Julio Jones plan didn't work out, but at least we still have AJ Brown. And now the, the cover doesn't bear, obviously. I mean, you still have, you know, some good talent there, but you, well, you still got Derrick Henry. Right. But I mean, you don't have, you know, now, Which, by just, the way, Derrick Henry is the preseason second odds on favorite to be the NFL rushing leader at the end of next season at plus 550. And uh, the, the leader, the preseason favorite to be the NFL rushing leader at the end of next season Jonathan at plus Taylor. 500, Jonathan Taylor. Hey, let's go. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, I mean, throw 20 bucks down on Jonathan Taylor. It's on it, you know, pretty good odds plus 500 good return on that yeah for sure um yeah bottom line though uh ryan Tannehill is under contract for two more seasons willis has two years to learn learn under him and i do not look forward to the combination of malik willis and derrick henry and well, malik willis with a chip on his shoulder yeah come on yeah I, yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be rough so colts your window is now <laughs> until yeah until oh, uh it, until, it's now. <laughs> until now 
until maybe Ryan those Tannehill rookies retires. Yeah. become season. Right. And that's when it'll be kind of tough. But yeah, the George Karloff is falling kind of was surprising. Jermaine Johnson too. I mean, he, he yeah. was another guy. I mean, he was, was those projected. Two, but because of the run on wide receivers and the amount of trading that went on for wide receivers, it ended up becoming not too surprising. Mm-hmm. Um like they even said, look, this Kansas City Chiefs got a steal here. This was a guy that was for that any other year would be a top 10 pick. But because of this crazy year and also the high number of defensive ends, I mean, at one point, yeah, he was looking at a top, you know, potentially even a top five. So, hey, it happens. Quickly here, let's get into our way too early rookie of the year projections. We're going to go for offense and defense. Uh, offensively for me, I'm going to go with wide receiver Traylon Burks, who went to the Titans, just talked about him a little bit. Uh, he was drafted out of Arkansas. His player comp, like you mentioned, B. Scott, is literally A.J. Brown, whose <laughs> trade allowed the, the Titans to grab him. Uh, AJ. So if you're looking at that, the uh, you know AJ Brown was third in rookie of the year voting in 2019 behind Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs. He had over a thousand yards and uh, eight touchdowns in three seasons. Brown had two uh, uh, two a thousand yard seasons uh, with uh, two uh, seasons of eight touchdowns or more. Uh, with the exception being this past season where I think he all battled some injuries and things like that. Uh, the Titans are an AFC contender, and even with King Henry, who you would think, okay, well, he's going to a team that runs the ball a lot. Well, AJ Brown was still very good, very productive uh, in his. His, uh, time with the Titans, and if this is literally his, you know, clone, then then I think he's going to be uh, used quite a bit and, and be a good, uh, yeah, used uh, be a pretty good candidate um, to uh, be rookie of the year. As far as defense goes, I wavered on this a little bit. I want, you know, I saw Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens was the, uh, you know, the kind of early favorite. Um, I wanted to go Kyrie Elam, uh, who went uh, to the Bills out of Florida, but I'm going to go with cornerback Trent McDuffie, uh, who was drafted by the Chiefs out of Washington. Now, looking at Elam, like I said, I kind of wanted to go with him. He will play opposite of Tredavious White on a defense that was one of the best in the league last year, meaning uh, he will likely be picked on more by opposing offenses. So I think there will be more growing pains because you either have to throw to throw, um, you know, to a guy who's being covered by Tredavious white or a rookie. I think most teams are going to focus on the rookie and not saying that Elam won't adjust, but I think there's more of a chance for him to either a get lost in that bills defense with as many great players as there are, or potentially have some growing pains because he will be picked on quite a bit. So that's why I went with McDuffie because this is a defense that yes, you know, he will also probably get picked on, but also this defense needed so much more help. Um, you know, the Chiefs were 27th in the league last year in past defense. They lose Ty- Tyron Matthew, who just got signed by the Saints. They lose Char- uh, Charvius Ward uh, this offseason as well. So Casey was desperate for help in the secondary. McDuffie is fast. He's versatile. He can excel in both man and uh, and zone coverage and is one of the better uh, tackling corners in the draft. So I think he will thrive on this Chiefs defense that, you know, just needs secondary help incredibly badly. Yeah, so my rookie of the year, um, for me, it's an easy one. I'm going actually with Christian Watson. Uh wide receiver getting drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Look, of all the wide receivers drafted early, Christian Watson, I think, is in the best situation. He's going to a team with an MVP. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Back-to-back MVPs. Back-to-back MVPs. I mean, honestly, I would have... I considered uh, Garrett Wilson to the uh, Jets... Because I think Zach Wilson is going to rely heavily on him. But I don't have as much faith in Zach Wilson as I do Aaron Rodgers. And Christian Watson, one of his comps was Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. So I think that really bodes well. As far as the defensive rookie of the year, man, it's it was tough. I'm actually I am gonna go with um see, I'll 
I almost picked George Karloftis. I figured you might c- consider that as yeah. well. Uh, Cause I mean, that's going to be a good situation for him and KC, like you mentioned, cause that's the thing you have to fi- like factor into the fact that like, it's not, it's like, while it is probably 75, 80% production, if you have that production and your team is four and 13, then you're not going to get as much of a look um, as you would if your team even is 500. So. Um, right. That's true. Yeah, I I want to the only other one I could say is um Ahmad Sauce Gardner corner out of that got picked by the Jets. Uh-huh. I mean, this guy's already playing with a chip chip on his shoulder playing for coming out of Cincinnati. Um he's got the size and he's going to be playing in a division that will be passing the ball a lot. And that makes me also kind of lean a little bit towards Derek Stingley Jr. as well as a potential. But the only reason why I, sh- I lean more towards Sauce Gardner is because Derek Stingley going to be he's playing for the Texans. Your two best teams in that div- in the AFC South have the two best running backs in the, in the NFL. So that's I'm I'm leaning more towards Sauce Gardner on this one. Um, because he's going to be playing in that New York market. So more eyes will be on him regardless of what the team's record is. And I think, I don't know, because it is tough to pick a corner in this, because if you are a good corner, teams don't throw to throw your way and you become unseen essentially, which is if that that's the sign of a good corner when they're not calling your name out that's a good thing. Um, so that, that, that's what makes it tough. So I guess I'm either, I, I, I'm going to say either sauce Gardner or George Karloftis just because I think George Karloftis has the opportunity to pin his ears back and just do what he does best. And that's get to the quarterback, but he's also going to show that he is a good run stopper as well. Um, so yeah, those are my two picks that kind of, I'm going to say co rookie of the year. I mean, I, it, it is kind of going out on a limb to it's take tough. a corner, like you mentioned, because, um, a lot of the a lot, a lot of the last few defensive rookie of the years are either on the defensive line or linebackers. So, um, you know, I don't I can't remember the last time a corner won. I think it was uh, what's his name out of he was with the Saints. He was the guy that got burned uh, on the Minneapolis Miracle. And I can't remember what his name was, but uh, oh, um, he wasn't I, a corner. He was a safety. Oh, uh, maybe I'm not entirely yeah, sure. I know but... who you're talking about. He was from Ohio State. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is it is a pretty it is going out on a limb a little bit, taking a corner, but but there you have it. That's our take on the NFL draft as a whole. We're gonna get to the Colts uh here in just a moment. But first of all, let's go ahead and hear from our friends of the show. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps and your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. Let's go ahead and dive in to the Indianapolis Colts here uh, and their selections. First of all, uh, they made a trade with the Vikings to move back in the draft. Uh, so their first selection wasn't until pick 53, but they did get to pick, uh, what was it, three times in the third round. So that was pretty nice. Because um, they picked, yeah, they, they made was. four selections total. So that's um, right. Because they, they traded away one of their third picks or they traded away their extra fourth rounder and got a th- uh, like, an extra third. Yeah. And they moved up to get Nick Cross. So, um, you know, their first selection round two, pick 53, they got Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. I know that's a guy that B. Scott and I both had uh, our eyes on. Um, also, What's funny, though, is the guy that you were, I think you had picked to the Colts, uh, got picked one pick later. One pick earlier, Wandale Robinson. No, you 43. had, I thought you had Sky Moore. Oh, no, no, I didn't have Sky Moore. Um, okay. I had I had Alec Pierce, Wando Robinson, and I had a tight end out of Texas A&M. I can't remember. Okay. Um, 
But uh, um, then round, speaking of tight ends, round three, pick 73, Jelani Woods uh, out of Virginia. He gets selected there. Round three, pick 77, Bernard Raymond, uh, offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. Maction showing up. And then the final pick of day two for the Colts, round three, pick 96, Nick Cross, safety out of Maryland. Then on day three, round five, pick 159. Um, Eric Johnson, defensive tackle out of Missouri State. Um, in, in the Love sixth, that pick in the sixth round, um, pick 192, Andrew Ogletree, tight end out of Youngstown State. Uh, round six, pick 216, Curtis Brooks, defensive tackle out of Cincinnati. And then in round seven, Rodney Thomas, safety out of Yale. So those were the Colts draft picks. Um, so you're high on Eric Johnson, huh? Because I, I definitely hadn't heard of him before. But yeah, I guess. Well, I guess for me, Thursday. it's a little different. Yeah. I covered FCS right, I was football say. <laughs> last year. So it's like, oh, yeah, Eric Johnson out of Missouri State. And then you got Andrew Ogletree out of Youngstown State and Rodney Thomas out of Yale. I mean, these guys I've actually heard of before. Um, but the one that excites me the most is Eric Johnson. I mean, this this kid's got a motor and a mean streak to him. Set him alongside. I mean, eventually, this is going to be the guy that will slide in for Grover Stewart when that time comes. And him alongside as a rotational piece, put him next to DeForest Buckner. Oh my gosh, that's that's going to be a that's going to be a good one. I really like that one. And Jelani Woods, that is a sneaky, sneaky, really good pick. I think, honestly, if there's two guys on the, in this draft outside, outside of Eric Johnson, obviously that have a chance to become big time names for the Colts, because there's always at least one or two guys that do it here recently. Jelani Woods is, is one, because I think he's going to be for the Colts, what they've always thought Mo Alley Cox would be. And so Jelani Woods and then Bernard Raymond, I think this is a guy that would have been a first round pick easily, but they were all worried that his arms weren't long enough. Oh, come on. (laughs) That's always, that's, that's honestly, that's, (laughs) that is what this whole draft was like George Karloftis fell because he had short arms. Oh, stop. Like what kind of player is he? That's what I want to know. What kind of player is he? Like this guy, he's going to need some coaching up because he hasn't been playing football very long. I mean, look, he played professional football at the age of 14 in the Netherlands. But, I mean, it's he's got the experience. I mean, obviously, oh, wow, he played professional football in the Netherlands. Yeah, but still, I mean – it just always baffles me when they when they come out with like critiques like that's because it's like do we not have at least two years of of highlight film of this player excelling at the collegiate level and I know that there's a lot of players that you know have success at the collegiate level that don't make it to the NFL but obviously we're talking about there's him in the a draft. lot of guys that have like no success at the collegiate level that come into <laughs> the NFL as undrafted free agents and blow blow it all up right I honestly. You don't have him on here. It's because he was an undrafted free agent for the Colts. Offensive tackle Tyler Van Dyke uh, out of UConn is a guy that I actually would had mocked to the Colts a couple times. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be a battle between him and uh, Bernard because these two guys, that's, that's good. Really, I mean, obviously the Colts really wanted him because they paid like a massive – contract to him like guaranteed money like really high for an undrafted free agent 125,000 which is you know when you look at NFL contracts you're like oh that's nothing like yeah no but for a UDFA that's that's a lot of money so yeah but him and then Nick Cross if I'm Kari Willis I'm a little worried like I'm right I gotta step up because Nick Cross, or even, I don't know which safety spot he would fit into the most, but tell you what, he's going to be a really good depth piece this year. I know everybody I was talking about a couple weeks ago, I was like, and they need to figure out the safety position. You know, they let George Odom walk and uh, the health of Julian Blackman and Kari Willis isn't always the best. 
you upgraded over George Odom, big time in Nick Cross. Great move. So I really actually liked this draft by the Colts. I think, I mean, they kind of went off of what you would typically expect. I don't know. They went down their own route in the later rounds, which a lot of teams do. That's where, it to me, it's like, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. When you get to really rounds six and seven, it's just like, well, when I when I graded, I need a warm body. <laughs> right. When I graded uh, the Colts draft, I really only based it on the top five selections they made because, like, yeah, once I mean, there was some. Well, like, I looked at the grades for all of their picks on ESPN, and some of them were like, "Well, they're good enough for this." I'm like, "Okay, screw you, ESPN." Like, like at that point, like, are we really, really like are we really splitting hairs on who was you know this guy that was drafted in the sixth round who? You know, the Colts, I mean, obviously, are we, are ESPN, do you think you know that what the Colts need more than the Colts? Like, are, do you think, oh, well, they should have taken this person. This, this guy was technically valued well, higher. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That is exactly what it is right there. Right. So, or the Colts need a quarterback. So they left a lot of, they left a quarterback on the board and they took uh, Andrew Ogletree instead. Well, guess what? They still signed Jack Cohn as an undrafted free agent okay and a lot of people had him mocked to the colts so the colts got him still yeah they just use it they didn't use a pick right so yeah i mean so speaking of grades um you know when i'm looking at it you know i'm feeling a b with uh this one um you know looking at the grades that espn had for the first five picks the colts made they grade out overall to a c plus um now surprising that's so surprising okay I cannot remember this analyst's name. He was Mel sitting Kiger. in the middle. Not Mel Kiger. He was Todd he was at, No, he was sitting in the middle of the set on night one and two. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, I know Lewis Riddick was in the middle. On Lewis dates. Riddick. Is Lewis Riddick? Okay. It wasn't Lewis. No, no, no. Who's the other guy? He's not Lewis Riddick. He was always on Mike and Mike in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mike Golick. No, it wasn't one of those guys. Mike, Mike Greenberg. I'm going to look them up, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I will say um, it is tough uh, to look at the Titans draft and not be a smidge jealous, um, you know, just because that's a team uh, that, of course, had all of their draft picks a little bit more in a, you know, their ducks a little bit more in the row as far as draft picks, you know, not having the kind of, you know, fracas that was the Colts trading for Carson Wentz and then trading him away to get uh, Matt Ryan uh, because they drafted Traylon Burks in the first round. Uh, They did uh, draft offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Ferrer uh, in the third and Malik Wilson third as well. Those are two players that I would like to have seen on the Colts. Um, you know, and that's the consequence of going for Carson Wentz, which was a move I was on board board for. Um, it just, uh, you know, kind of stinks a little bit. Um, but you know, this is pretty, it went pretty similarly to the, uh, mock draft that I had for them. So I think I'm bound by the rules of podcasting to think highly on this draft, which I already did anyway. Um, I had them taking three new targets for Matt Ryan an offensive tackle and a safety with their first, uh, five picks. They, uh, the, the Colts grabbed two new targets for Matt Ryan, offensive tackle and a safety in their first five picks. Um, you know, Alec Pierce, we raved about him, 884 yards, eight touchdowns on 52 catches at Cincinnati. Player comp uh, to Jordy Nelson and Donovan Peoples-Jones. His pros were that he's big, strong, has, you know, uh, you know toughness to work in the middle of the field. Um, but, you know, he wasn't quick on his route running. And, you know, I feel like that was something that could be corrected uh, with coaching. Uh, Jelani Woods, you know, his player comp is Jordan Thomas, who ironically was a Colt in 2021. Uh, Woods had all ACC honors in 2021, 44 catches, 598 yards, and eight touchdowns. His size is a big pro here. So having him and Mo Cox, you know, I know you mentioned how he is kind of, could be what the Colts thought Moali Cox could be. Uh, but now you basically have two versions of Moali Cox. Um, but uh, he does need to fill out to become a better blocker. Uh, Bernard um, Raymond, uh, he moved from tight end to offensive tackle during the pandemic, which I thought was pretty wild. 
Um, he's still developing, but developed fast so far and is projected to have uh, the talent to be a long time started offensive tackle. You've got Nick, Nick Cross, uh, 67 tackles, three sacks, three INTs, two forced fumbles, touted as an explosive hitter. Uh, they added another potential offensive weapon in Andrew Ogletree, uh, then added uh, more defensive depth in the secondary and defensive line. So overall, we wanted the Colts to get um, you know Matt Ryan help, draft the left tackle of the future, uh, and depth on defense, and Chris Ballard did exactly that. So I think, uh, you know, looking at this draft, I don't, when I look at like an A plus draft, you know, I think more of, you know, along the lines of when they got Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, and maybe that's just the bias of like, Oh, those are, you know, those are more notable positions that they were drafted at uh, than some of these positions the Colts needed this year. But uh, I think it was a solid draft. I'm giving it a B overall. So I'm, I'm going to give it an A minus overall. Um, once I find the name of this guy <laughs> and he was in the middle on day two. Day one. Day like, one. Okay. Um, not Lewis Riddick. Um, maybe Mike it was. Mike was it Lewis Riddick? I don't know. He's I know. a former he's a former NFL like executive. I know that. I think you might be thinking of Lewis Riddick. I might be. Because Lewis Riddick, I know, went on like uh, SVP and Rosillo slash Rosillo and Cannell slash uh, uh, Will Kane and Ryan Rosillo slash Rosillo and <laughs> all the guys that co-hosted him before he left. So I, I, I think you are thinking of Lewis Riddick. Maybe I am. Yeah, I am. That's him. Yeah, Lewis Riddick. <laughs> he was he he kept saying over and over again, the Colts have won this draft. The Colts not only have won this draft, they've won the they they've won the offseason. This draft, like Chris Ballard was making moves, was everybody was seemed to be playing checkers and he was playing chess. Like he was super, super, super high on what the Colts were doing. And they would trade back, get more picks, and they would make it was just like like we all had these questions of like, how are they gonna fill these holes? And Chris Ballard basically said, Hold my beer. And he did. He answered the questions. I mean, he got weapons. The Colts needed weapons. All right. Guess what? We got weapons. The Colts needed offensive tackle. Guess what? We got one that fell to us that probably should have been much higher. I mean, when you look at now, they just needed a little bit more veteran presence. I mean, the Colts have done so much through this draft to help get themselves into a position. And I think also they won – he, in his mind, they also won too because of Tennessee trading AJ Brown. Like that catapulted the Colts up in the hierarchy of the AFC South. But when you know you got your guys super high on the Colts, and then you, the ESPN only gives them like what a C plus. Yeah, let me let me see here. Um, so looking at the Colts. Uh, uh, Alec Pierce uh, graded out 82. Um, so he, uh, that was a B plus or B minus pick. Um, Jelani Woods was graded se- uh, 75, uh, which I assume this is out of 100. I don't know if ESPN. And that's the thing, too. Like, so it- it's crazy. You've got guys like Lewis Riddick who actually did did the darn thing. So here, here that this it was is good. him. This is him. This is word for word from Lewis Riddick. I think Chris Ballard in the, Indi- in the Indianapolis Colts killed it. They killed it all offseason with veteran acquisitions like Matt Ryan and Yannick Ngakwe. And then on day two, they went crazy as far as I'm concerned. They got players that I just love. Alec Pierce in the second round, I think, is going to be a steal for them. Jelani Woods is a monster at tight end, and he is going to be a receiving threat. They got their franchise left tackle in Bernard Ryman out of Central Michigan, and then Nick Cross at safety. A guy, Todd McShay, I know you like. I know you like him because he's a fantastic athlete and he can make plays on the ball. And then they get depth with Andrew Ogletree, Curtis Brooks, Rodney Thomas, but they have just put on a clinic as far as team building 101, starting with the veteran free agency market culminating, culminating Saturday in the NFL draft. I think look out for the Colts in the AFC South. So he essentially said not only did they win the 2022 NFL draft, they won the entire offseason. Pretty incredible. <laughs> and this is a guy that, I mean, he says it like it is. I'm not, like, he doesn't have play favorites, in my opinion. He's one of the, when he's, when he says something, I, I take it to heart for yeah, as I far mean, as like what his analysis is. And that's what I was getting ready to say too, is just the fact that like, um, he, like, 
you're, I would put, you know, put more stock, obviously what Riddick says, cause he's done the darn thing. You're also talking about, uh, you know, the, some of the people that grade out those picks that, you know, maybe they might, they might have some level of scouting or something like that, but, but I don't, it's obviously not the same people giving the grades as it is, as the guy who actually did the darn thing. So, right. That's but why he's you, actually, he's actually done the darn thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I like. So I think it's, it, yeah, I'm giving him an A minus just because they, they hit the nail on the head where they needed to. And then they, like you said, they added depth pieces, but you can't go any higher than an A minus really when you, when you don't have a first round pick. Yeah. So. And, and that's fair. That's completely fair. Um, so looking at, you know, who, you know, which new prospect, which new player uh, for the Colts has you most excited for me, you know, it, it might sound odd. I talked a lot about, you know, Alec Pierce literally was in my mock draft. So you might think I'm going there, but no, I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond. I'm going with the Mac player offensive tackle. First of all, having a tough time not calling him rain man. Like, so can we have a petition to have uh, uh big Q and the rain man uh, be like a Colts themed morning show, like mini podcast, because that would be amazing. Even if it's just for merch, I would go for that. Um, you know, I can't get over the fact that he made the transition from tight end to O-line in 2021, his first year on the offensive line. He was first team all Mac. He won the Mac medal of excellence for academic and athletic excellence. So he's a smart dude. He'll learn mm-hmm. and develop fast. He's big. He's from the Mac. Like I'm sold. Like there, there's so many great things about this kid. Um, and I'm really excited to see him uh, alongside Quentin Nelson just being a, a brick wall on that side of the line. I'm really excited. Yeah, so for me, I'm actually going to say uh, Nick Cross. I mean, I want to say Jelani Woods just because I feel like he's going he's gonna to explode into something really, really good for the Colts, especially if he can pick up a, a blocking a little bit. But Nick Cross, to me, is just one of those picks that, yeah, he's super athletic. He has a nose for the ball and this defense for the Colts is just looking better and better every day. And now he's going to be a a really good depth piece and he's going to see the field. And I don't know. I feel like safety just got a lot better with Nick cross coming into the room as a rookie. I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Um, So moving forward, you know, the question is, what do you want to see the Colts do? Um, Now I'm going to go ahead and read off uh, the off the undrafted free agents, because that's always the big thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, the Colts, the Colts win a a little uh, crazy. Yeah. I was like with running backs, especially I'm looking at it and I see like three running backs already off the board. So you mentioned Jack Cohn quarterback out of Notre Dame. They also got CJ Verdell uh, running back out of Oregon. That's a guy I had mocked to the Colts as well in a later round. So yeah, I was happy about that. Yeah. He's good. Uh, Max Borgie uh, running back out of Washington state, Devonte price running back out of Florida international, uh, Kakoa Crawford wide receiver out of California, uh, Samson Nakoa uh, wide receiver out of BYU. Uh, Michael Young Jr., wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Josh, Apparently, uh, that is one to really keep your eye on. Really? Uh, so a couple of weeks before the draft, the Colts were down in Cincinnati, and it was all broadcasted out that, oh, Colts are in Cincinnati working out quarterback Desmond Ritter. Well, it was all smokescreen. It was mm-hmm. they were down there working out Alec Pierce and Michael Young. And because those were the targets that they – had Desmond, they worked out Desmond Ritter, but they were really down there working out Alec Pierce and Michael Young. They knew all along. Michael Young was on their board all along. They knew they needed to target him. Um, they also got uh, Josh Scheltzner, uh, guard out of Wisconsin. Alex Millette, guard out of Marshall. Wesley French, center out of Western Michigan. Ryan Van uh, uh, Denmark, Denmark. Yeah, very, uh, Ryan Van Denmark out of uh, Denmark. Connecticut. Um, Colin Wick, defensive end out of Tulsa, McKinley Williams, defensive lineman out of Syracuse, Scott Patchen, uh, defensive lineman out of Colorado State, Forrest Ryan, linebacker from Villanova, Jojo Doman, linebacker from Nebraska, Dallas that's Flowers, a, a good one too. Uh, cornerback out of Pittsburgh State, Sterling Weatherford, uh, linebacker safety out of Miami of Ohio, and Trevor, Trevor Denbo, safety out of SMU. So, was, you know, there's one more you forgot. 
this is just all the ones that are listed on on indie star so i don't know well, if, there is if one more that has it? signed yeah wide receiver jackson anthrop out of purdue there we go well and i was wondering too because i was like i that's what I wanted them to do. You know, looking at the undrafted free agents, we made the outline that we, they hadn't really announced those yet or hadn't got into them. Um, you know, and that's what I wanted the Colts to do, you know, look at a quarterback, they get Jackson Cone, um, because I think, you know, the Colts expressed their desire to have Matt Ryan for four years. Um, so, uh, which I thought was kind of surprising, I guess that will be through his like age, what, 40 or 41 season. So that's not too awfully bad as far as, you know, I mean, I think that's feasible. Um, so, um, you know, which is, um, what I imagine what they think their window is for being a Super Bowl contender. So I think they need to explore all potential options, options for Ryan's predecessor. Uh, um, so our not predecessor, I don't think they, that's the right word for it, but you know what I mean? Um, you know, so they need to bring in, you know, the Jackson cones like next year, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe drafted a quarterback, you know, d- depending on what they're looking at, like explore every single option. Don't leave any stone unturned because you have, if you're going to, if you, if you, now you believe you have your option, you like your short term slash slightly long-term intermediate term quarterback make the most of it try to find that guy that you're very confident in will be the quarterback of the future um for your team um i think that's next year's draft yeah uh maybe i'm I'm not bringing i'm not looking at the quarterback of the future being an undrafted free agent i mean you just never know i'm just saying like don't leave. What I'm saying is ultimately is don't leave any stone unturned. You have uh, Sam Ellinger, you have Jack Cohn. Um, so you're going to see what can happen there. Um, you know, yes, maybe next year in the draft, you, you get somebody. Um, but I, what I'm saying is ultimately is I don't want them to wait until, you know, 2024, the draft and Matt Ryan's retired and we're taking a flyer on somebody in like the third round. Uh, you know, not to say, I mean, we mentioned, you know, a couple of quarterbacks that we think highly of that got drafted in the third round, but just in general, you know, you know, not waiting until that last minute to be like, okay, uh, this guy randomly. Cause I mean, what if you fall into a situation like this year where it's another very light quarterback class, right? Um, because what we've seen from the Colts is they'll always be in that middle, middle round, except for the one year that they drafted, uh, you know, number one overall, here lately with uh, Andrew Luck, like I don't foresee them having a number one overall pick or a top five or mm. 10 pick season with Matt hey, Ryan at the helm next year, Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell. Um, so, I mean, I I'm just overall saying leave no stone unturned. If you right. can find a guy, find a guy, um, you know, again, obsessed with getting Matt Ryan weapons, which it looks like they did that um, and offensive line depth, which they've done that. So moving on from there, um, I just, you know, I, I want to see them look at more veteran guys. And you mentioned, I know you mentioned that earlier, B Scott, start bringing in mm-hmm. some of the veteran names. I mean, the names I'm going to list off are probably the ones that are more un- un- unattainable for the Colts. I don't know, but I still, I but I still want to see, you know, something along these lines. So, um, of course we can't say Tyron Matthew anymore. He just went mm-hmm. to the saints. Um, Julio good Jones, for him. Good yeah, for, him. for sure. Home, I was hometown, I was happy. hometown there. Good. Yeah, it's a good fit. Um, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, Julio Jones, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver, get one more wide receiver in that room. Uh, Nate Soldier's available out of uh, you know, he was with who the, the, the Giants. Giants. Um, you know, he's at left tackle out there. Um, uh, you have, you know, those might be pipe dreams. Um, but if the Colts can grab grab one of those guys, it, it's just I see, I it's just hard to tell because I mean, names are pipe dreams, though. I think right. those are good targets now now yeah. Jarvis Landry is apparently in advanced talks to go back to Cleveland mm-hmm. so that could be any day but when you look at Julio Jones and OBJ I I don't think those either one of those are pipe dreams to be honest I well it's just what the Colts doable because of their injury yeah the history. Colts and honestly situation though that's the apparently thing. the player to keep an eye on that is most likely going to be coming back is T.Y. Hilton yeah yeah which wouldn't be a bad thing no. now it really wouldn't. So, but yeah, I, I, like I said, for me, the next move the Colts need to make one, get these wide receivers that you drafted or undrafted and signed, get them with Reggie Wayne. Like I know when the Colts went down to Cincinnati, they took their full offensive staff and Chris Ballard and Reggie Wayne absolutely fell in love with Alec Pierce. 
That is great. I think Alec Pierce is going to just turn into an absolute stud with coach being coached up by Reggie Wayne. Um, so I think that that's, that's key, but yeah, another, another veteran um, in the, in the wide receiver room would be helpful to be honest, because it is still a very young room with when you're, you're, your oldest player in there is Michael Pittman <laughs> now at this point. A product of the 2020 draft. Yeah, you, you <laughs> do need a little bit of help. Um, otherwise, maybe, I don't know if there's, yeah, I'm still not 100% sold at left tackle with, on Matt Pryor. But really the next biggest thing the Colts need to look at is interior uh-huh. offensive line depth Be, so I don't know, offensive line depth and wide receiver depth, they're still the two biggest needs that they need to address. And that will be happening. It's going to happen because look, there's going to be guys that are going to get cut because of how many players teams drafted. And then, so, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a pl- players like OBJ or Julio Jones still not with a team as we get closer to training camp. Cause look, Julio Jones had an injury season last year and obj is coming off of a knee injury suffered in the super bowl now i feel like most likely obj still goes back to the rams because they there's that connection there they feel like they owe each other but i wouldn't be mad to see obj that they took a flyer on him at all honestly i would prefer him over julio me too yeah because I feel like what we saw from Julio last year is what we started seeing from Andre Johnson when the Colts brought him in. That's what one of my buddies from work said, said too. He's like, this is Andre Johnson 2.0 if they bring him in. And, and now, this is, Julio is a little bit younger. <laughs> so yeah. I will say that. There, there is a higher likelihood of Julio Jones rebounding than Andre Johnson, mostly because you're bringing in Julio Jones and pairing him up with the quarterback that made him a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So there's, you know, there is that, there's that connection there. So I, I, but the Colts, I I feel like they will make moves. It just has to be at the right price for them. And I think that's why you haven't seen these moves made. There's still question marks on some of these players and Hey, get ready because there's going to be other guys that are going to get cut. And when the Colts will pounce is when we get to the training camp time of year and roster trimming has to be done. That's where they'll, they'll pick up some, some key veterans at that point in time as well. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the crash course podcast. Thank you guys all for tuning in and listening. Um, Remember um, that you can like us on Facebook, three C media, go follow us on Twitter at three C media sports, go over to the YouTube channel, three C media over there. Also three C media on TikTok as well. Um, We are live uh, every week, twitch.tv slash Craig crash. Um, as well as you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can hear the Crash Course Podcast. You can find me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. B. Scott, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. And I do challenge y'all, go out and follow us on Spotify. If you got Apple CarPlay, I just got Apple CarPlay in my new car, and I'm able to listen to this podcast in my car while driving to and from work. So definitely definitely go out and give it a follow speaking of cars we're we're the draft is in the rearview mirror which means it's it's time to, for us to discuss some indie yes it's time for us to discuss some indie car um so that's going to be the topic of next week we're going to give a recap um of the indie car season so far and then we're going to get you into the month of may so it's going to be a lot of fun but until next week have a good one everybody <laughs>